Hi, I'm Brad Rex, the former vice president for Disney's Epcot theme park, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Hi there, I'm Lee Cockrell. I'm the former executive vice president of Walt Disney World, and Mickey Mouse was my boss. And you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, Andrew Locke. This is Andrew, one of the executive producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you. And today I've got a very special guest to share with you. I'm looking forward to talking to this person. As Thuzies, when we think about who covers news and information and discussions and stories, if you will, about theme parks and about coasters, we generally think about YouTubers. In reality, however, the mainstream media, just like everything else, they do cover theme parks and coasters. One of the best examples of someone from the mainstream media who covers our industry and the things that we love is our guest today. The Coaster Challenge podcast is very proud to welcome from WGN in Chicago, Emmy award-winning newscaster and TV host, Marcus Lashock. Welcome to the podcast, Marcus. Hey, thanks for having me. That was quite the intro. Thank you. If there's anything you want to share about yourself in terms of your love of theme parks, your coverage and working with in terms of theme parks and the industry, please go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So for people who don't know, WGN is a television station in Chicago. It is unique to Chicago. We call ourselves Chicago's very own. We don't have a network affiliation with WGN. So we really are kind of our own thing in Chicago, but we've been around forever. If you're from Chicagoland, you know WGN. And People across the country know WGN too from the WGN Superstation, but I work on the WGN TV morning news. We're on the air every morning, 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. And uh, I do trending news on the show, kind of like a trending news anchor, also just a straight up anchor. But my favorite beat on the show is a segment called Coast in the Country, where I travel the country and visit theme parks. Because one of the neat things about being on a morning news show is they really allow us to pursue our passions and turn those into like niche segments on the air. And we all kind of have fun with each other about some of the more unique things that we're all into. So just have a genuine passion for theme parks and roller coasters goes back from when I was as a kid and I've turned it into kind of a travel segment because people go to those channels specifically for this content, right? They go there to see theme park stuff, roller coaster stories. But people who turn on the news don't necessarily turn it on to watch roller coaster videos, right? <laughs> you're, you're watching it for all kinds of things. The things that always annoyed me when I was a kid and growing up, whenever I would see like a roller coaster segment on the news, I'd get so excited like, oh, Six Flags Great America has a new ride. Somebody's going to ride it on the news. I'm so excited to watch that. And every story would always be about the reporter. I'm so scared. I'm so scared to go on this. Am I going to be able to get through it? Oh, my eyes are closed. And I'm like, you know, I just want to know about the ride. Like, talk to the people who made it. Tell me more about it that I don't know. And I was always kind of frustrated. So when I got this opportunity to get into the news, I said, I want to make a segment that is kind of both for the casual newsgoer. So they'll walk away and actually learn something about these rides and how they operate and how parks work that they go to all the time. But then also for the enthusiasts out there, we're going to get you access behind the scenes and show you things that you wouldn't see if you just showed up to the park. So I've really tried to do that and take it really seriously, right? So whether it's a serious situation that's going on with the ride or it's just fun, this is opening this year, it's just trying to cover all angles and do it in a news quality and ethics and journalism and everything else and just having fun as well. So I've kind of turned that into a beat. been going on for quite a few years now, and it's been very popular for us at WGN. And so my credit to my news directors over the years have all supported it and greenlit these trips to go to these places and tell these stories. So it's been fun. That's really awesome. That's fantastic. And yeah, as an enthusiast myself, I can definitely relate to what you're talking about there, where you would get frustrated as you were a nascent enthusiast yourself as a kid watching news stories where they weren't getting deep at all. Because one of the things I cherish really very much is 
whether it be going to special coaster club events. And I feel very honored to do those and promote those coasters and those parks and those events. So I definitely relate as an enthusiast, you want to get in deep and get the details and talk to people and see the things that other people can't see. So I definitely understand. Now you mentioned that you cover the serious stories as well as the, the exciting, you know, new things opening. So like example, have you covered Icon Park? Have you covered the tragedy that happened there on your show? Actually, I was on a two-week vacation with my family when that happened. I definitely would have. I'm very careful to not report anything until I have all of the facts. It's out of respect to the family of the people involved. This horrible thing that happened in this family. Thinking yep. about them first. Speculating about any possible thing that may have happened on this attraction is just out of bounds. The investigation's underway, and so I'm waiting for the results of that. I don't want yeah. that to get lost in all this and to know what happened. I was just like you and everybody else. I was sickened when I heard that news. You know, it really kind of rocked me. And I just feel so bad for this family. It's news, right? Like, you can't shy away from it. And we need to know that when we go to parks that we're safe, right? We yeah. need to know that these rides are operating in a way that keeps me safe, keeps my children safe. You know, I take my kids to these parks. I want to know that when they get on these rides, but you want to know that everything's being done to keep you as safe as possible. So they're important questions to be answered. And I hope they get to the bottom of exactly what happened there. Yeah, absolutely. As far as any kind of speculation, I'm totally with you there. I mean, I'm not some major influence or anything on social media, but I do have some followers and I have been very silent about what happens because, you know, I feel awful for the victim. Absolutely. I feel bad for my friends that are out of work right now and it's, it's a very difficult situation but you'll cover it as information oh, of course. yeah out. absolutely yeah. okay very good well you know anyways i want to talk to you about you as a fan of theme parks marcus and coasters and kind of go into the theme park time machine and see how you became an enthusiast learn some things about you along the way so we'll start at the beginning so what was the first coaster that you ever rode i didn't grow up like a crazy thrill seeker wanting to get on the biggest rides i was always really interested in roller coasters. I loved watching them. I loved just knowing all about them, what they do, but I was very scared to get on any big ride, especially rides that did any inversions or went upside down or anything like that. I was just way too nervous for that. I think that my first real roller coaster would probably be Wizard at Six Flags Great America. That's the one I would probably say is my first outside of some really tiny kid coaster at some fair or something. But that's my first real attraction. And I love that ride still. It's my favorite ride at Great America just because it's so unique and it's yeah. so family friendly and people of all ages can ride it and how you sit on it. It's just a really fun ride that is super unique for the park. But that's the first one I remember going on. I will always go to Great America with my dad and dad always wanted to ride some of the bigger stuff, but he never pushed me. Right. And I do this with my kids too. Like he never pushed me to do anything I didn't want to do. Until one time we went and I was getting older. I think I was in like fifth or sixth grade at this point. Uh, back in the day, they used to have a ride called Shockwave at the front of the park. It was an arrow looper. It was a crazy ride at the time. I think when it opened, it was the tallest roller coaster in America. It was right over the entrance to the park where you would see it. And it was like this big thing. And be like, I'm never riding that. No way. I loved watching it, but I'm, like, I'm never getting on that. It's way too, the loops are gigantic. They were huge. <laughs> and so my buddy who came that day, and he's like, all right, let's go to Shockwave. And I was like, uh, and my dad's like, well, I'll ride it with you. My dad's been wanting to do this forever. So he's finally got somebody to go with him. But, you know, peer pressure was a thing at the time. And I'm like, I don't want to seem like weak in front of my friend, you know, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go <laughs> suck this up, do it. And I hit that ride. And almost as soon as it started, I knew right away, this is for me. I loved every second nice. of that. We rode every ride in the park after that. And I was hooked from that point forward. I wanted to ride every roller coaster in the world. It's getting over the fear that's keeping you from trying it. Something that you want to do, but fear's keeping you from doing it. But once you take that leap, your body's going to tell you and your mind's going to tell you whether this is for you or not. Right. And it's perfectly normal to walk away and be like, this is not for me. That's totally right. fine too. <laughs> but to me, I always encourage people like just get over that first initial fear because you might be holding yourself back from something that truly could be so passionate about and love. It. And that's what happened to me. So after that, we just made it a point to go into Cedar Point, anything that was close to the Chicago area, we'd, all, we'd try to get to and ride as many things as we could. So that's kind of how I got into all this. Nice. That's awesome. Well, 
a few things to unpack there. First of all, you mentioned the wizard. So yeah, I have been at Six Flags Great America. I, I think Six Flags Great America is one of the best Six Flags parks. Just a fantastic park. I went there during uh, haunt season four years ago, five years ago. I had a great time over a couple of days. And yeah, the wizard, I've never met a Schwarzkopf I didn't like. These Schwarzkopfs, they seem to age better and they're just so unique and so fun. But yeah, the wizard with that spiral lift. Yeah, it's just a great coaster. Like you... With coasters and with throw rides, but we tend to have one focus fear, one aspect that scares us the most. Some people, a lot of people, it's height, speed, acceleration. But for a lot of us, you and I both, it was inversions. And what turned me was Grand American Scream Machine, which was the shockwave equivalent at Six Flags yep. Great Adventure, the Arrow Mega Loop that was built right around the same time in the late 80s. And it's interesting because, you know, fear is not based on reality. Fear is tied in with anxiety. It's thinking about what something is going to be like or how bad it's going to go. And what's interesting is, is when you face your fears, your mind goes through a switch. It goes from thinking about the theoretical, what could happen into, oh, wow, this is what's happening right now. And oh, it's great. And it doesn't always work out to be great, but usually it does because these are controlled experiences. You know, Wizard, that's a fun ride to start with. How many coasters you've been on? I'm at like 107 or something like that right now. So I'm not like up to the three, four hundreds, like a lot of enthusiasts. Okay. So yep. is it that you mainly go on the ones where you're covering them and it's not, you're like, you're not going park to park to park all the time. And You know, I have a 12 year old and a nine year old who have, right. that takes a lot of my life. Yeah. And so picking up and just leaving and going to places. Uh, I'm waiting for my son who's nine. He's got to get over that hump of going upside down. He's not there yet. Right. If right. that happens, then we're going to be going on circuits all over the place. Right. <laughs> like, nice. You know, pumping the brakes, but it's this is a hobby of mine, but it's just I don't have the time personally to go to all the places that I'd like to go. So well, I'm going there, I'm building slowly but surely. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Absolutely. Well, I have to say mad respect to you, Marcus, for having your priorities in a row and, and straight there, focusing your family and, and again, your young kids now, as they get older, you're able to incorporate them into your hobby and, and make it a fun family thing. That's great. So which is the one that scared you the most before you wrote it? Once I got over that initial fear when I was younger, I've never, ever been scared to get on a ride. Sometimes I get sort of adrenaline rushing through with certain right. things. That Orlando Freefall was one that when I stood oh, yeah. up and saw that and we went on that, I was like, wow, I was shaken after that. Like, that was crazy how tall that was. So things like that, like drop rides always kind of get me. But I would say some of the launch rides, you know, we just had a ride Max Force open. Oh, yeah. At Six Flags Great America. And I've been on Top Thrill Dragster a ton. So I'm used to like going really fast on a launch. But this was a launch that was, you know, zero to 80 in like less than two seconds. And so watching that, just hearing that number thinking like, what is that going to do to my body? <laughs> and a lot of times when I ride these, for example, that ride, I rode it live on the air. They had a live on the ride opportunity. So I rode that live on television for the first time ever. Oh, like wow. I didn't ride it before I was on TV. So that gets me a little nervous because I just don't know. I've never had an incident where I've been like scared or freaked out or anything, but with a right. launch situation like that, it's always the anticipation, right? Like it's the, oh, it's the buildup. Once the launch hits, it's like, whoa, you're just flying. It's that buildup and not knowing your first time what it's going to feel like. After that, you know the feeling and everything. But right. I would say like a ride like that is the closest I ever get to being quote unquote scared, but I have no fear. I have no fear of riding anything anymore. So not to say that I'm a big, some big tough guy, but fear is not something that goes through me, I guess, when it comes to these. I can relate to that because I, it's the same with me. To actually illustrate that point, something similar, I was out at Icon Park in early January for the media events to ride the drop tower for the first time. I had, had not ridden the slingshot and, you know, we got to go on everything there. Those two new rides, you know, Freefall Tower, that's the best, the best one I've ever been on, the level mm -hmm. of forcefulness. Oh my gosh, great ride. And hopefully we'll be able to safely reopen. Hopefully we'll see how that goes. But on the slingshot, I had never been a slingshot before in my life. You know, a lot of them are upcharge attractions. And when I'm at parks, I'm not focused right. on the charges. I'm focused on the coasters and the, the experience, you know, and I've done, you know, done like sky coasters here and there, but I don't focus on those. And I'm like, well, I can get on this for free. There's not much of a line. So here I go. My first ever slingshot is the biggest one in the world, the tallest one in the world. And yeah, I loved it. And my video posted that on my social media and all that. And my friends were like, Andrew, you were so calm writing that. 
you know, I wasn't holding on or anything. And it's like, yeah, nothing scares me anymore. It's just, you know, I go with it. And I think what you were talking about, getting a fast, like a uh, top of drag store, max force, something that goes, accelerates really fast. I'm guessing it's not so much that you're scared that first time. It's that you're like excited. What's this going to yeah. be like? Because you haven't experienced before. That's how it is for me. That makes a lot of sense. So I will say one thing that kind of freaked yeah. me out now that we're talking about this. When I was at Six Flags over Texas for the first time last fall, I went on their swing ride that I was freaked out before I went on it. And I was not enjoying that experience up there at the top. <laughs> I did not, I did not, I was like, all right, I did that once. I'm not going to do that again. I don't know why, but they were like, it was windy that day. So the swings were kind of oh. like swiveling as you were going around. And I'm like, there's only this chain, this little chain. Right. And I'm like twisting. I'm, I'm like, no do it again like if my son wanted to go or something but i would not rush to get on that ever again if i didn't have to so yeah there you go. there's there's an example okay, okay. yeah i think i've ridden that one i've ridden the star flyer in orlando star flyer yeah. now the second tallest the tallest is now in dubai but when star flyer opened it was the tallest and i've been on that daytime nighttime many times uh, again never scared of it i do think about wow the chains are thin but you know it's yeah not scary right. i get it where you come from and so it sounds like is that first ride on shockwave at great america that was the one that scared you the most because that was when you got off your fear right yeah definitely i mean i was scared before i went it was the scared before going so going up the hill and everything else once it started i was all in once i hit that first loop and i felt what that felt like and i was like oh that's not bad at all yeah i'm down with that and i was hooked that was it yeah it's funny because i've talked to several people with that main fear of going upside down you know, again, I conquered it by going on Great American Screen Machine back in like 1992, a few years after it opened. And I remember going to that first loop. I'm like, oh, that's what this is like. Oh, this is awesome. And then like you, after that, because I was there with some friends, it was high school, like senior day at, at, Great, at Great Adventure. And I told my friends who kind of coaxed me on the ride. I said, take me to all of the coasters I've not been on yet here. Basically everything except for Rolling Thunder and runaway train nonetheless tell me how you were feeling after getting off of shockwave that first time relief was a big thing um, relief that i had done it and relief that i had loved it because if i hadn't it was going to be a very long awkward day for me i think there was just a lot of wanting to try something but not doing it and then actually doing it and loving it just feeling great like i just remember feeling great and relieved and excited for so many other things to do at the park that I love, you know, that was all of a sudden I was looking around, like there were opportunities where before those were all closed off. Now everything was for me. So it opened up a whole other world of attraction and fun and a whole future for this. It was just great. Yeah. Kind of like the, as I say, the expression, the world is your oyster. Now the park is your oyster. You can go on anything and just enjoy and right. all these new experiences. Yeah. And again, just like for anybody who's listening to this and might feel the same way, I had my answer. There was no more wondering about what I was going to feel when I did that, right. you know? So by trying it, I then had my answer and it felt so good to know, right? Right. Something I was so like wondering about what would that be like, but I was scared by actually just stepping up and doing it. But just having the answer felt so good. It was great. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, you kind of have this binary decision. You know, David was talking to you about this before we started recording today. You know, he could have on what's now on Credit Coaster was then California Screaming. He could have just walked through the exit or turned around and got off the line. And when you do that, there is that like relief. Oh, I'm not having to deal with this now. Your avoidance, it's fight versus flight. But there's also that sort of disappointment or even embarrassment of I didn't conquer it. Yeah. You know, I didn't have the courage or however you want to look at it. So likewise, when you conquer your fear, you feel good because you're facing your fear and you're getting over it. But you're also perhaps enjoying something in the process, like, you know, getting on a coaster and enjoying a looping coaster for the first time and seeing what that, and, you know, and then beyond that, it's, wow, I can go on all these other coasters now I was afraid to go on before because I've stepped up and, you know, all that positivity yep. that just snowballs from that. It was my choice to do right, that. Right. I was not being dragged on it by my father or my parent or a friend forcing me to do something I did not want to do. I could have said no, but I chose to do that. Yeah, I was getting nudged a little bit, the peer pressure wise, but there was no pressure, but it was just internally with me. It was like, I better do this. But I think it's got to be your decision to do these things. I think because it was mine, it just turned out perfectly. Never let somebody else make that decision for you. It's your decision. And it's okay to say, no, I'm not ready to ride Shockwave yet. 
you got to do it when you have made up your mind that you want to try it, right? That's a really, really good point, Marcus. And in fact, in our bridge episode between season one and season two on the podcast, kind of our season one summary where the whole team got together, including the new associate producers that we've added on this year, we all talked about season one. We talked about some other topics tangentially related. And one of the topics that came up was we were talking about people being bullied into getting on a ride. And, you know, we all agree that's not the way to go. And that's can't do that to people. And in fact, my home park here, Universal Orlando, they have a very strict policy. If their team members see someone where they're crying or clearly visually or audibly even upset about getting on a ride, they won't let them on the ride. They don't, they awesome. will not allow that, which is great. I think more parks should do that. So yeah, that's, that's great. But, you know, I was talking about how a facing fear and then getting on the other side of it, all that positivity and that snowball effect of all these things that are great happening, you know, to that end, my next question for you is how have coasters and theme parks had a significant positive impact on your life? How they've had a positive impact for me is just to have a lot of great memories spending quality time with my family there, you know, both my kids, but also like growing up with my dad and like when theme parks are done right, you walk through the gate, you leave everything behind, you know, like they take you into a place. It's just another world when it's done right. And it's exciting and feels good. And, and to me, as somebody who kind of works in a creative field where we are storytelling and putting stories together, and I just love going into some of these places and looking around and casual theme park goer might not recognize a lot of these things, but there's so much creativity that goes into making a great theme park experience. And so when you're walking through, it's like you're walking through somebody's art here. Like they created something to give you an experience. Yeah. It's a money-making business for sure. And there's a lot of that when you walk in, like they want to take your money here and there and get you to eat that and buy this or that. But other than that, there really is like the great places, the Hershen parks, you know, like the Dollywoods, the Silver Dollar Cities, the Disney, of course, right. Walt Disney is the guy. The idea <laughs> of the Imagineers and the people who come up with these experiences and to just walk through and see and that vision and to know that that's there. It impacts me in a positive way, I guess. I leave kind of charged up from these places in a positive way when they're done right, you know, mm-hmm. and just knowing, wow, there really is a good feeling. We went as a family last year to Universal and we did all the Harry Wizarding World stuff with our kids. And man, we had the best time. We just had a great time. And that's still a trip my kids talk about, like how they want to go back, how much fun they had. And like that to me is that a great theme park experience will stick with you forever. So I guess that's how it affects me positively. You kind of had a couple main themes there talking about social aspect. Being an enthusiast, you know, there's several facets of it that I love and it sounds like you appreciate. You know, one is the social. I have people visiting all the time, going to the parks, friends. I've just been to the parks with just people left and right. Andrew, we're coming down. Andrew, we're doing this. Come th- come meet me here this day. And, you know, I appreciate it because I appreciate, you know, being valued by my friends and having this huge social aspect of things. There's that. And then the other thing you mentioned is the immersion, which is another part of the theme park therapy, is walking into this other world. And you mentioned at the end there, one of the best examples and artistically, you mentioned the art aspect, creative lands that any theme park I've experienced is the Wizarding World lands. Mm -hmm. I'm not a giant Potter fan. I do like the movies. I've seen them, all of them, but I love being in those lands and talk about absolute brilliance, both on the creative artistic side, as well as the financial side is Universal Orlando having the best themed park-to-park transportation system where you can take Hogwarts Express and go from Hogwarts Castle and Hogsmeade and so forth in the school, which is the original Wizarding World, to London and Diagon Alley. And it's themed Mm -hmm. and it takes you between the parks. And the only way to ride it is if you get a park-to-park ticket or an annual pass. (laughs) And yeah, and not to put like Universal versus Disney here because they both have their own qualities, of course. But for my daughter who read all the books, sure, when we went, she had not been there before. I was there once a couple summers before checking it out myself, but we were like Harry Potter where we walked into Universal Studios. Then we went to London. We went to Diagon Alley, snuck in the little alley there. 
Then we went to the place where you walk through the wall at the train station. Then you yeah. get on the train just like Harry did. Then you go to Hogwarts. Then you get off and you're there in Hogsmeade. And then you see the castle. And it's <laughs> like you're in the movie. It's like you're in the book. Amazing. They yeah. created the exact experience that everyone read. Gosh, it feels darn it like you were in it. I mean, they could have just had a regular train. Where you're right. looking out the window and you're seeing back, back lot or you're seeing right. all the tourists right. walking around. But no, <laughs> they created an entire immersive experience on board the train. Just first time I went through that and like watching my kids, like it is just mind-blowing what they accomplished with that. And that is darn cool. If people yeah. haven't done that yet, you got to go. Like it is awesome. All the Harry Potter attractions are top-notch, like absolutely oh, top-notch. Forbidden Journey, that is insane. Yeah. That ride. I mean, that is... Like, if I would have brought that up in a meeting sometime, people would be like, you're crazy. That's not possible. We could never do it. But somebody thought of that, and they're like, all right, let's figure out how to make this a reality and not have everyone vomit all over the place, which did happen <laughs> for a little while. But then they tweaked it enough where it didn't happen anymore. So, you know, it's great. I think it's awesome. Love it. Yep. One of the best dark rides in the world right there. Absolutely. So, you know, obviously, I've you know, been to media days and, and gotten to go on a lot of these newer rides. What would you say is your craziest moment you've ever had on a coaster? The craziest experience I ever had, it was kind of when my segment kicked off on WGN. I was sent to cover X-Flight that opened in Six Flags Great America, our wing coaster, which was pretty neat. And some people there who told me about this ride opening at Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri. And I was like, I didn't even know what Silver Dollar City was at that point. And they're like, no, there's this roller coaster opening. It's a wooden roller coaster. It's going to go upside down like three how's that possible and and they told me all about this company rocky mountain construction that was building it and this or that so i went back to my boss and i told my boss i'm like i really want to go down and check this out and it could be a fun like blog thing and you know like a travel segment i'll go down and drive down there and do this or that and that's how my whole segment started was going down to ride outlaw run and do go to that media day the outlaw run media day there will never be another media day like that ever again it was basically the ride was open and we could do anything we wanted we could mount our own cameras we could put helmet cams on i must have ridden that i'm not joking like 38 times wow um, over a period of two days so there was the one full day and then just that night we were able to go out with you know fred grubb and some other people from the company and that's where i met fred for the first time and really talking to them about what their ideas were and i remember writing that there's this first element when you go down the drop and then you come up and it's like a half inversion where you come up and you kind of go to the right almost fully upside down in a stall and then you come back down to the left and that feeling the first time being on a wooden coaster and feeling like it's tipping you out it was like startling almost i was like whoa i've never felt that on a wooden coaster before and when you go on it, you'll see like the two barrel rolls at the end. They're like pure weightlessness at the end of that. And it's like you're slowing as you go through them toward the end of the ride. So that was a really crazy experience because it was like nothing I'd ever been on before. And I still have the video from that. Everybody, I loved watching the trains come in because everyone's look on everyone's face was like, what the hell was that? Like everyone was excited, but people were like, what in the world? <laughs> and you, you just knew right then, like this company is going to be huge. You just knew getting off of it, they are on something and everyone's going to want one of these in their parks. And that's kind of right. what's happened with RMC, right? Like it's just yeah. been really cool. So that was really neat for me to do that. That's really awesome. I've been to Dollywood twice. Uh, the first time I went there, lightning rod was closed, you know, lightning rod issues and all that. Uh, but when I was there for this coaster crew event, I mentioned earlier a couple weeks ago, which was so much fun. Lightning Rod was open. We got ERT at night on Lightning Rod. And I love wooden coasters equally with steel. I mean, there's some voyage is incredible. And Lightning Rod is my first of my topper track, if you will, conventional wooden coaster RMC style ride. And I was blown away. It, it broke into my top 10 by the end of the day. And so I'm looking forward to a lot of the coasters, time travel, of course, that's all our city, but mm-hmm. Outlaw Run is up there because I, I love wooden coasters and with Lightning Rod, what it showed me, I am very curious to see what the Outlaw Run experience is. You've been on Gwazi, you were probably at the media day for that, right? Oh, oh I was there for media day and I go yeah. there all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So being on Gwazi and then going back and riding Outlaw Run yeah. and just knowing this is how it started. This is like where they were getting their feet wet. And so it is. 
the RMC journey, you know, that you're, you're kind of doing it backwards a little bit. Yeah. You know, you'll see like, it's just neat. And the terrain at Silver Dollar City is like Dollywood, you know, it's mountainous, but a very lot of hills. Right. So it's like just how they built it into the terrain is really cool. I love a great terrain coaster. Always so much better than a parking lot coaster. So, you know, I know your coaster counts, working on building that up, but I'm guessing, as I said earlier, from your work that a lot of your credits are these newer coasters you go to media days for. So tell me, what is your favorite coaster that you've been on? My favorite number one currently is Velocicoaster uh-huh. at Universal. That I did not go on a media day. I went and my wife and I were able to sneak on that. Our kids were kind of waiting for us. We got to go on that and that blew me away from the theming to the relentlessness of how yes. it starts and then it doesn't stop. Yes. And it's crazy. I tell people like the only pause you get in the ride where you catch your breath is the top hat. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like the part where you're going up 90 degrees, a hundred and however many feet in the air is when you get to take a breather, which makes no sense. You would think that would be the scariest part. But to me, that was where I was like, oh, and then it was just bananas the rest of the ride and how they built that. Talk about working with terrain and you're on a flat surface, but they built terrain. They terraformed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They could have just put that over the ground and it right. would have still been a cool ride. But no, they spent the extra money. They went the extra mile. They did the work. That whole creative team there has blown my mind. The stuff that they've done at that park, that's like a masterpiece of smoothness. My wife, she loves roller coasters, but she's not as big of an enthusiast as me. She doesn't like spinning. She doesn't like a ton of inversions on rides. That ended, and she said that was the greatest experience I've ever had on a roller coaster. Just because it was so smooth. And even though you're going upside down a bunch of times and doing this or that, it's so well designed that you don't feel out of control or dizziness or anything. It's just perfect. It's perfect from start to finish. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. You you know, you feel all the good stuff, the great airtime, you know, the ejector, you get some laps that especially the dive loop is insane, the ejector and, you know, even the Immelman, you get, you know, some good laps there. I mean, it's just so much great variety, great elements and, I, I was laughing and clapped my hands there when you announced that because I, I didn't know what your favorite was because you've been on a lot of these world-class coasters, these newer ones, is my number one coaster. And it's also David, founder of Coaster Challenge. It's his number one. I have had so many trips from living an hour and a half away from Universal, where I was living at the time, to go visit friends that were visiting from out of town, riding Blast Coaster for their first time. I love it. Even if I've been on a hundred times, I love getting on a ride with a fellow Fuzzy for their first time. Yep. Love it, love it, love it. And the reactions or just the GP reactions. I've ridden Velocicoaster. It's the only coaster I keep track of re-rides. I've had 135 at this point. Wow. And I love hearing the reactions of the GP as they get off the riders. They're walking through the landing there after they've walked off the exit and, and just, you know, always positive and just people blown away. My, oh, it's my favorite coaster and all this stuff, you know, people are saying. And it's one of those where, you know, a lot of my friends, they have ridden both that and Iron Gwazi and they've chosen Iron Gwazi as the number one. And that's great. Um, what it is, I think for a lot of people is for some people, it's just the coaster they all care about. And theming matters to me. And Velocicoaster just hits it on every mark, both as a coaster, but also as a highly themed attraction. The queue, you know, the brilliance of those see-through prototype, never been used before in the world. You know, I love Jurassic World, Jurassic Park movies overall, and just the, you know, having the actors, the Velociraptor theme, how the main pre-show up top when you get right near the station where it changes day versus night, little details like yeah. only Disney had done before like that, Universal's doing all this stuff. You know, it's just so amazing. And yeah, that's awesome. It's your number one. I totally can relate, of course. So. <laughs> Yeah, and let's be honest about this. I mean, you're talking about the greatest rides in the history of theme parks here. You're talking about yeah. like Steel Vengeance, Iron Gwazi, Velocicoaster. Like there's really, you don't go wrong with these rides. Like they're, right. there's nothing like them and they're unique in their own way and they're phenomenal rides. Just because I say I like Steel Vengeance better than Iron Gwazi. Right. doesn't mean Iron Gwazi sucks. You know, right. like it's a great, <laughs> these are all like, you're talking about, it's like walking into an art museum and seeing like Picasso's or, you know, Van Gogh's next to Michelangelo's work and saying, I love Van Gogh, Michelangelo's trash. Like, no, we're not saying that. They're all amazing. Right. You know, they're all, they right. all deserve their own wing in the Hall of Fame. The theming, 
you can't even put Iron Gwazi close to Velocicoaster when it comes to that. And that's not a knock on Bush Gardens. Like, no, not at all. They don't have the budget to yeah, do what not. Universal did with that. Like, there's no <laughs> shot they could ever do that. Listen, for everything that they had to work with, they did a great job with Iron Gwazi. I love oh, the station yeah. there and I love the design of everything, but it's a different type of park. And they're not, you know, Universal has to play in Disney territory. They're up there with them, like as far as spending the money on attractions and things like that. So oh, absolutely. Um, it's just there. It's a different class of budget and expectation from the guest, I think. So, oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. to your point, you know, I'm at Busch Gardens all the time, especially this year because of Iron Gwazi. It's a different kind of park. And, you know, here in the second season, we actually had pretty much launching our second season, uh, Jake Kilka. I'm sure you know. Oh, he's from great. Our... Yeah, I'm, I've met him. Yeah, yeah, really nice guy. I interviewed him. It's his kickoff season two here. And we talked about Iron Gwazi, of course, amongst other RMC coasters. And he mentioned that, you know, Alan Shilke, who everyone knows is retired, that the last coaster that Alan designed for RMC was Iron Gwazi. So riding Iron Gwazi, I get it because I call it the Goldilocks RMC because Alan, he is a master coaster designer. His years with Arrow and then, you know, of course, creating what I consider to be one of the most incredible coaster technologies on the planet, which is the Arrow 40 design. No one has come close to replicating that since. And then all the stuff he's done with RMC, his work with SNS, et cetera. You know, he is a master coaster designer and seeing him combine the elements that he combined together for Iron Gwazi, it's not as long as Still Vengeance, but Iron Gwazi is quality over quantity. And what they did in that footprint is legend. It's yeah. not my number one, but it's, to your point also, my top 10, it is getting so tight from one to 10. I don't even bother keeping track below 10. I don't, I can't don't have time for that. But the, my top 10 coasters, holy cow, one to 10, they are so close. We need to appreciate the era that we're in. Oh, yeah. As far as attractions go and what's coming. There's a whole other epic universe is going to introduce to us like what, oh, five, yeah. four or five new coasters out the gate. Yep. And I bet yep. a few of those are going to be just up there, pretty darn amazing. So it's like, we're very spoiled right now, especially coming out of COVID, that that didn't derail the industry as much as maybe people thought it would. So we're very fortunate time right now. It's awesome. Oh, absolutely. It, we were in the golden age of theme parks, which kicked off in 2009 when the original Wizarding World opened here at University of Orlando. That, I think, is what kicked off the kind of the latest theme park wars or what I again call the golden age or the latest golden age of theme parks where you can command high ticket prices, but build these incredibly themed lands Mm -hmm. and attractions, even lower budget theme parks than see Universal or Disney. They've been able to up their game as well. Everyone is competing with each other in a good way where the creativity and the theming and the rides and the, the dark rides, the coasters, et cetera. And I was concerned that COVID would kill that. It certainly has impacted things on schedules, but especially Universal, they are full steam ahead. You saw that with Velocicoaster opening last year. We see that with Epic Universe. We are very lucky to be in this age that we are in, absolutely. One quick kind of just contrasting example, those 100 plus coasters you've been on. What would you say is your least favorite coaster? I'm ready for the American Eagle to be done at Six Flags Great America. I would like my friend Jake from Rocky Mountain Construction to get a phone call tomorrow from the park saying we are ready for Twisted Colossus 2 sequel at Great America. The ride does not run well anymore. It might have had a place when it opened. And when I was growing up, it was fun, but it is rough as I'll get up. It doesn't operate two trains and race anymore. It's time to go. A lot of the arrow rides, I'm not a big fan of. Like we have one I just I mentioned earlier, Demon. That is also a head smasher to me when I get on that. I can't figure out exactly when to brace my head without getting knocked around. It's not fun for yeah. me. I'd get rid of that. There are people who love these rides still. I respect them and respect their opinions. I disagree. But that's part of the fun in all this. But I am saying like I love Wizard, right? Because I do love the tradition. Right. I love going to Kennywood and going on Jackrabbit. These rides that are classic historic rides that need to be preserved and kept. But right. knowing the rides that hold up and the rides that don't, not being afraid to say, okay, that ride was great when I was a kid. It stinks now. Let's put something there that's going to be great for the whole family and people to enjoy at this park, you know? 
you know, even the worst roller coaster to me is still a good time. So it gets like a mild thumbs up instead of like 10 thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, I love wooden coasters, I said earlier. And if they're maintained well, they can last a long time. I mean, the giant dipper at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, it still runs pretty well having, you know, not been reprofiled. Still got the flat turns and all that sort of runs slow through those. But it's a fantastic ride for what it is, a classic. But, you know, these more modern wooden coasters, you know, there was an era of wooden coasters back from the 90s where they weren't designed the best, but they're, they're more modern era. And a lot of those have become RMCs, you know, your DINs and your CCIs. But, you know, just like I talked about, we're in a golden age of theme parks and coasters. There is that wooden side too. And I'm not referring to RMC in this case, because they're not really doing the topper stuff anymore. I'm referring to two companies, you know, GCI and, and uh, Gravity Group. And a lot of the coasters those guys create or the reprofiling, what GCI did with Ghost Rider, for example, taking a CCI, making it amazing. Voyage is, I think, my number five. I was very fortunate to be able to get a ticket this year for Hollywood Nights to get on Voyage again at night, trimless. And yeah, so, I mean, there's some great wooden coasters, but you got to maintain them. And there are parks out there like a holiday world, like Silver Dollar City and Dollywood. They maintain these wooden coasters well. Look at what King's exactly. Island's doing with yeah. the Beast. Huge project. And that's a classic ride where they're like reprofiling a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, the Helix, <laughs> the drop. Yeah. Ton of the ride. Even adding some length to it. Not much, but, you know, it's bit, just yeah. doing what they need to do to make sure that it's good. And that, that ride needed it. You know, I went over oh, yeah. went on the last few years and I was like, mm, that was pretty rough, especially hitting that Helix at the end. So those guys oh, are going to yeah. do a great job, I think, fixing that up. I first rode the Beast 20 years ago, 2001. And that Helix is incredible back then. And, you know, I'm sure it may even be better than that, that first ride I had on. I'm very excited to go to Kings Island. But Kings Island with their free, technically four wooden coasters with the racer having two tracks. Kings Island's incredible. You know, they are an incredible wooden coaster park. And I love all the money and effort they put into their wooden coasters. And, and you know, Mystic Timbers, I'm sure, will run great for years because of that. So let's talk about your work at WGN. How long have you been the coaster guy as you referred to at wgn yeah i am the roller coaster bureau chief at wgn uh is the wgn coaster bureau bureau of one currently uh, we're always looking for other reporters to join the ranks but you know they've got other things to do you know investigations and uh, solve society's ills <laughs> which unfortunately <laughs> comes before the priority on the coaster list but i've been doing this since 2013 maybe it's going on 10 I'm years guessing. probably i've been doing this so next year it'll be 10 years of this and it, again it's not my full-time part of the job either I do right. get a lot of email from viewers not a lot but some people saying all you do is talk about roller coasters all the time <laughs> definitely not true right. but it tells me something that the segments I do are so memorable with people that they feel like that's all I talk about. So right. that tells me that it's working, that it is impactful and it is memorable. Yes. And, you know, to me, it's like, I want people who are in their home doing something when they see me come on, I want them to stop and watch. So that's always what I'm thinking about. And so I think that's what this segment does. Even people who don't ride roller coasters or drop rides or something, if they hear like, oh, this guy's going to ride the tallest roller coaster in the world you're live, you're going to be like, all right, I want to see this. I want, what the heck is this? Like you want to see it, even if you don't write them. So that's right. the idea. So what has been your favorite place or park that you've traveled to in an official capacity representing WGN, you know, representing the Coaster Bureau? It's interesting because they're all kind of so different. I haven't ever gone to a place and had a poor experience, you know, they've right. all been really good, but just like parks that kind of click with me, I love the Hershen parks, you know, the Silver Dollar City and Dollywood, just because the vibe at those parks, the family focus, they are all about family, bringing families together in a wholesome way. And that yeah. resonates with me and the values that we have in our home. So I go there and I'm like, this clicks with me, like this vibe and everything they're about and what they promote clicks with me and it's not just what they put on their signs and their signage it's the people that work there they have genuine hearts for their customers and each other and for their employees i'll never forget the first time i went to dollywood and i was covering something i had some downtime and i was going through the ride and going through the park and riding some things and like flat rides and stuff and a lot of people operating the flat rides were older i mean talking like 60s yeah. and 70s maybe one guy I was talking to and this guy looked like he could have retired about 25 years ago you know and I was like, how long are you going to do this? You live here in the Smoky Mountains. Like, don't you just want to retire and like fish and do all this? And 
I'm like, why are you still here? And he said, I'm here for Dolly oh. because I believe in her vision. She treats us well. And I want to do my part to make sure this people that come here have an amazing time as family. And I was like, wow, that's powerful. That really like resonated with me. So I think like, <laughs> you know, covering for media days and things, I get to kind of be in these parks solo, you know, when I'm there with my family, I'm really focused on my kids and what we're doing. Right. But when you're there solo covering something, you really get a chance to dig in, to talk yes. to people, to learn the operations, what they're doing. So that's really what I love about the job. You get access to, you talk to people that you wouldn't get to talk to normally. I've talked to Dolly Parton. I've had that opportunity to have an interview with her. Like, that's amazing oh. to walk in. Like Dolly Parton's waiting to talk to you. That's wild. So, so yeah. That's really cool. Dollywood I've been to, I love Dollywood. Even just walking around there, it's just so beautiful and pleasant. It's what it has is parade and quality. The food's amazing. The people are so nice. It's yep. just so clean and pleasant and beautiful. And the parks that really jive with me are the ones in that middle area, the Universals, the, the Dollywoods, the Sea Rolls and Bush Gardens, because they have the thrill rides, but they also got great shows and theming. And Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, their Celtic Fire show is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Incredible. It's the Irish step dancing. I always see that when I'm there, you know, and SeaWorld has amazing shows for their Christmas and Halloween. They've got such great entertainment. It's in that middle area where the good stuff happens. So definitely can understand where you're coming from, where the Hershen parks have resonated with you. So where have you not been yet that you really would like to travel to? Magic Mountain, right near the top. So many rides there that I got to get on. Not been there. You mentioned Williamsburg. I've not been there to that. Oh. Got to get there. Great adventure. I've not been to that. I was supposed to go there last year. I was going to ride Jersey devil, but then you remember it shut down in like the second yeah. half of the season, there was an issue. So that yeah. kind of skirted those plans, but I plan to get back out there and El Toro was down too. So I'm like, I definitely want to ride El Toro when I go out yeah. there. So um, <laughs> I'm glad that's back. Yeah, I would say those are probably the biggest ones on my list that I've got to get to and check out. And then there's some other smaller ones like Kentucky Kingdom. I haven't been to yes. yet. That's on my list to go. And those are the big yeah. ones. Yeah, I've been to all those ones you mentioned. Hershen, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with Kentucky Kingdom. Over time, it's not going to happen instantly. You know, you having your home park there, Six Flags Great America, you're kind of spoiled in a way because that is one of the best Six Flags parks. But having said that, Magic Mountain and Great Adventure are up there too. They're, they each have their advantages, but certainly number of coasters are there up there with Great America and they have some unique rides. I mean, getting on X2, for example, it's the only yeah. RL40 in this country. And, you know, you'll have a great time at those parks. Great Adventure was originally my home Six Flags Park when I grew up in New Jersey. And Magic Mountain was my home park for many years when I lived in California. You'll have great coasters, great experiences. But I will have to say, given your love of Hershen, you're going to love Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Busch Gardens Williamsburg, not to say anything bad about the rest of the chain there's some great parks i talked about earlier bush gardens williamsburg is a star above all the others it is the best park in that chain i mentioned celtic fire earlier their wolf exhibit their animal exhibits their coasters are fantastic but the theming there is amazing it's incredible it's not diagon alley but considering it's a sea world park it's incredible theming really great theming and the food is delicious their team members there are so nice. I have always have an amazing experience. And that's another part I can just be walking around and enjoying. Beyond the theming, it is the waterfalls, the topography they have there. It is a gorgeous park. I consider Busch Gardens Williamsburg to be the best looking park in the U.S. Wow. All right. Gotta, I'm in. Yeah, Let's you go. got to go. You got to go. So what are you most looking forward to over, say, the next five years within this industry? I guess I'm looking forward to most what I don't know yet. I mentioned all these brilliant, creative people who are sitting in rooms right now, dreaming up the things that we have no idea that are coming, that right. will take us to places we didn't know that we could go and give us experiences we never thought were possible. I know there's a lot of talk about Star Cruiser at Disney World, and you know there's been a lot of knock on that for how expensive it is. And I do agree with some of the criticism of that. It's unfortunate it prices yeah. out a lot of people who could never afford to do it. Agreed. But the idea that people are ambitious enough to create experiences like that, where you can actually live in a world 
for a period of time and actually play a role in it, not yeah. just sit there and watch. Like you are actively creating your own adventure. That is just bananas. That if you would have told me 10 years ago it's gonna be a possibility, I'd say you're kind of crazy. That gives me like hope for the future of what things could be like and where we could go as far as being more active in our experiences at some of these places. And of course, Epic Universe is a huge deal, not just because it's going to be a great land and another theme park, but that existing will put pressure on Disney and then everybody else to keep up to yeah. say, all right, we have to have other things. I mean, you're seeing that already. SeaWorld just opened Icebreaker and they're doing some other work just a couple yeah. steps away from it and they're going to be putting something else in there. Another coaster's <laughs> coming. Yeah. I know another yeah. coaster's coming, right? Yeah. Competition is great. It is good. Universal had their best quarter ever, I think, in the fourth quarter last year. Yeah. Coming out, we weren't even fully out of the pandemic yet. I know, Just yeah. to think if things get it together economically and the inflation gets adjusted and figured yes. out, if people have even more money in their pockets to spend, yes. like this is going to open up an entire industry and opportunities for people that we don't even know about yet. Not even to mention things like 5G and maybe 6G and other kinds of internet connectivity and what that could do as far as experiences go. There's a lot to be excited about that I don't know about. I'm excited right. for the unknown. I so trust in the people that create these things that they're going to come up with something that's just going to knock our socks off. It's going to be great. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point, kind of your theme there. As we talk about fear... And, you know, people fear of the unknown. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to feel like. I hate it or I'm going to be scared of it. You know, it's going to be the worst two minutes of my life riding this coaster. But here we're talking about the good unknown. We're like, you know what? Bring it on. Show me what you can do. What's it going to be? I don't even know yet. And like, you know, technology and how technology is already being used in the parks in huge ways and how it's continuing to be used. I believe that VR has a place in the parks. They just haven't done the best they can with it. But I think that's- Or AR, like augmented reality. Or, yeah, right? mixed, yeah, mixed reality. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, it's exciting stuff. And we're just lucky to, you know, people like you, yourself and myself, we're enthusiasts, but we also get to cover this stuff and go to media days and get to see things being constructed and do construction tours and all that. It's a, it's a great time to be alive. And I love being a part of this great community of so many friends in the community. And just, you know, I love it. I love having this side of it too, that I spend a lot of my free time in. But so that's, yeah, great. Thanks for sharing that. So, so speaking of sharing, the last main question we always ask our guests is what last piece of advice would you like to share with our listeners? So we talked about like our jobs, you know, and what we do for jobs. My wife is a coach and, you know, I do it with her too. She's a coach for a health and wellness program. Oh. and uh, helping people lose weight and get healthy. And um, seeing that, like, it's it's changed our lives and changed our health and everything else. Oh. And one of the big things with this program is developing, like, good habits in life and developing, um, you know, healthy habits, what we call it. And the first thing and the biggest step is figure out what your why is. Oh. And what I mean by that is whatever it is you want to accomplish – you know, whether it is getting on a roller coaster for the first time, or it's like really figuring out why do I want this? What are the reasons writing that out, like writing down the things that are going to motivate me to get to that point? And really, you can't let other people tell you, you should get on that. You should go to that place. You should do this. It's your choice. It's your journey. It's who you are. And really get to the core of why you want to do these things. Why do you want to accomplish these goals and figure that out? And just believe in yourself. You can get there to what you want to do and be confident in who you are. I know a lot of what you guys do. I was always a big coaster person, but I was always afraid to talk about roller coasters with people when I was a kid because I was afraid right. of getting made fun of. I was not bullied necessarily, but it wasn't cool to like wear roller coaster shirts to school or do anything like that. Like I kept this all to myself. And so one of the big reasons I do this on TV and talk about it so much, and yeah, I get poked fun at by my co-anchors sometimes, <laughs> but I take that on the air and I brush it off and I laugh it off because I want all the kids out there and everyone else to see like, no, I love this. I'm passionate about it. So it's cool to me. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I have fun with it. I love what's going on in theme parks. If you think it's cool, it's cool. And so this is my other big advice. And this is something I've been working on myself. And this goes to a lot of our program too, is 
getting over the fear of being afraid of what other people think about you, about what other people think about what your passions are, what your hobbies are, what your goals are, how you live your life. Don't be afraid to live your life out loud and don't let other people's nasty comments or whatever hold you back from being who you are and what you want to do. You know, so that's my biggest advice when it comes to all this. And I know a lot of people who are listening to this already, they're already living out loud their coast. Everyone knows them as the coaster guy in their in their circle or the coaster girl in their circle or the coaster person, you know, in their crew. That's probably true, but there might be some kids out there who listen to this and are feeling kind of not so comfortable. But just know that there are people out there that love you and support you. And this is a cool hobby. Don't listen to anybody who tells you it isn't. Yeah, you know, there's some great gems in there, Marcus. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's awesome. I love it. And it's very different from what every other guest has shared. And when we ask this question, each guest has their unique flavor, which is why we ask this question every time. But, you know, the why, that's great. Because if you look at the why of why you're doing this, you know, this tough goal of losing weight or whatever it is, if you focus on the why and not on the losing the weight, why is something important. For a yep. coaster enthusiast, being able to ride a coaster they haven't been able to ride. We, we, I have friends that have lost weight for that reason. Yep. Um, you know, we've had guests on this show, you know, that they've lost weight for that reason. And so if you focus on the why, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to get on that or I want to do this. I want to be able to travel to Europe and not skip half the coasters that are there or what, whatever yep. it is. It motivates you. Absolutely. I, and I, I write that out yeah. on a piece of paper and tape it to yes. your bathroom mirror in your house. Yes. You see it every morning when you wake up, you see it every night when you're brushing your teeth before you go to bed, just reminder throughout the day, like, all right, that's why I'm going to make the decisions I need to make today because of those reasons that are up there. So, yeah, if we look at theme parks, theme parks are a form of entertainment. They're a form of having fun. And it's interesting kind of what you alluded to there in that in the past 10, 15 years or so, it seems like as this golden age of theme parks has arisen, which a lot of it is related to movies like Harry Potter and all the Potter movies and, and so forth, and all the IP going to Disney parks, et cetera. It has been cooler than ever in the past, say, 10, 15 years for people to embrace their inner nerd, to be a fan of comic books. I mean, think about the billions of people on this planet that are now huge fans of superheroes and comic books that weren't before, thanks to the yeah. amazing work of Marvel Studios, you know, with Disney and everything else. And, you know, it's cool to be a nerd now and people can do live action role-playing and pay thousands of dollars for this Galactic Star Cruiser. And coaster enthusiasts, we can wear our coaster shirts. And, you know, it, I've never felt awkward doing that. I think that's a great thing that we can live our best life. Just follow what our passions are. And, you know, one of my biggest things that I live my life by and I love sharing this with people is a life without passion is a life not lived. If you're just going through your work and sitting at home, just vegging, you know, when you're not working and not getting out there and finding your passions and living your hobbies and all that, you're not living, you're existing. You know, so thank you for talking about that and sharing that. That's really great advice. And by the way, we do have younger listeners. We have a very wide age range. I'm sure you do. I know that's what I would have been doing when I was a kid. I'd be listening to all this. Absolutely. Well, Marcus, thank you very much again. And the last thing I'd like to ask you to do before we bid you farewell here and send you back to the Coaster Bureau there at WGN is if you could share how people can find you, you know, whether it be what the name of the show is, how people, you know, see you on WGN with the coasters and everything else you cover and then social media, people can follow you. So three things I'd like to mention real quick, WGN TV, WGN Morning News on every day, 4 to 10 a.m. in Chicago. You can watch us anywhere. WGNTV.com slash live is where you can watch us from anywhere on the globe. You can watch the show and, you know, I'm on there periodically. All my social media is just my name at Marcus Lashock, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Don't do the TikTok too much, but I'm dabbling in that. But you can find me everywhere and follow me on all that good stuff. Again, as I mentioned just a second ago, I'm very passionate about this. And again, this is kind of my wife's full-time thing with the health and wellness program. If you are interested in getting healthy, um, you can get in touch with me with that. And either it's a weight loss journey or it's just you want to develop better habits in your life. We're very passionate about this because just trying to get as many people as healthy as we can. And we kind of feel like that's our one of our missions in life now is to do that. She's had a ton of success with it. So you can get in touch with me about that if you want to know more about that. And then one more quick thing, if you are in the Chicagoland area or, you know, around Great America is in a county called Lake County in Illinois. I'm actually on the board of a 501c3 nonprofit. It's called Lake County Response for Veterans. We find veterans who are in need in the county and we make repairs on their homes absolutely free to the veteran. 
So if you know any vets in Lake County who could use something like that, any kind of repairs on their homes, uh, reach out to me. I can get you in touch with the organization, the forms. And if you just like to donate, we always take donations as well for that because we really want to give back people who serve this country. And especially if you go to Six Flags here in Chicago, people live right around the park. And these are the vets that have given everything for this country over the years. And we're just trying to give back to them. So those three things, that's all I got. Well, thank you, Marcus. I had no idea about that last one, but I love it. I am a huge patriot and you know our military is so important greatest yeah. military on this planet and defending democracy all over the world, including here at home. And we have to take care of the people that are part of that, that are the reason why we are able to do that, namely our soldiers and our, our veterans that are you know, former soldiers. So I love that you do that. That is a very noble mission and time that you spend on that. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again, Marcus, for sharing some time here today with us. I know you're a busy person and talking with us. It's been fantastic. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.